On the church website, there's a picture that looks kind of like this on the uh, on the one of the front um, scrolling pictures. Click on that, and that'll give you a time and a date to. You can select a time and a date to sign up to get your family's picture taken. Um, when you click on it, it might give you something to like. It might give you like a requirement for a login and a password. Ignore that. There's a time section and a date section that you just click on and go to work uh, from there. So yeah, no, you don't have to have any logins or passwords or anything. Believe me, I had to try and figure that out. Um, so, but, but do sign up. And there's uh, Delinda Irvine and LaSalle Yale are on the patio. You could talk to them uh, and get any questions answered as well. So again, photo directory families, let's make this a great, great photo directory uh, this year. So sign up for that. Uh, also, if you go through your bulletin, you'll see there's information for children's winter camp as well as junior high winter camp. Those signups are going on right now. Uh, there's all the information, dates, and details that you need to know are in that. So make sure that you uh, it, you have a kid or in, in elementary school or junior high, sign your kid up for winter camp. It is a really great weekend away, um, and it, it can really be life-changing. Uh, you will surround them with very good and influential people that you want to surround your kids with. So sign your kids up for winter camp. Uh, also, another announcement, if you drum, maybe, you know, you are a drummer in some way, you don't even have to be really, really good, uh, and you're interested in serving with your gift, uh, we are in need of drummers both here in the main worship service as well in satellite ministry. Um, and so if you're interested in that, you can call the church office this week and speak with Landon Mullen, and he will get you all the de uh, details on maybe how you can possibly serve in that, in that way. Now, if you are here for the first time, we want to welcome you. We are really glad that you are here. These handsome gentlemen coming down the aisles uh, have a bit of information they want to put in your hand. If you can just raise your hand or catch their attention. Um, we don't want to embarrass you, but we just want to get this to you. Be sure to look through this. This tells, us, tells you all about our church. And there's a communication, in the, uh, communication card in the back that you can fill out. And be sure to drop that in the offering plate when it comes by. We are sure glad you're here. All right, well, a lot going on this morning, a lot of great things. So let's just uh, get ready and worship the Lord together now. Thank you, Stephen. Hey, Happy New Year 2018. Have you written that on a check yet? Have you messed it up yet? Last week, Pastor John told us to keep some resolutions, and number one was be in church. So congratulations. You kept one all week. Good job. Why don't you stand with me and we'll sing and worship together. Before the day, before the night, before the world revolved around the sun, God stepped out into time, broke the story of his love for everyone. Filled our hearts with wonder So that we always remember You and I were made to worship You and I are called to love You and I are forgiven and free You and I embrace surrender You and I choose to All we are 
to worship. You and I are called to love. You and I are forgiven and free. One of the things that Pastor John told us last week that we were meant to be was to worship him weekly, so thank you. He also spoke about Micah's, oh, he has shown thee, O man, what is good and what the Lord desires of thee, to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. Choose the humble and raise them high. You choose the weak and make them strong. You heal our brokenness inside. Give us life. The same love that sets the captives free. The same love that opened eyes to see. Is calling us all by name.
hope that's your prayer this morning. Thank you, Tim. I got a, a tip from Tim here. Would you please turn around and greet someone this morning? Good morning. This family is here this morning to dedicate their child to the Lord. I'd like to take a moment to say a little bit something about this. Someone once said it takes an army to raise a child, and I think we have found that to be true. I remember when we were raising our children, we used to pray that if they wouldn't listen to us, that the Lord would bring someone godly into their life that they would listen to. Um, when children are brought to the Lord in a dedication service like this, it's a public thing, um, and it is something that involves all of us. So don't be passive in, this, in these next few moments as you observe what happens. Bringing children before the Lord was endorsed by our Lord Himself. Mark chapter 10, verses 13 to 16 says, People were bringing little children to Jesus to have Him touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. Let me introduce to you, this is Stephen and Courtney Shelton, and they have brought little Cohen to us this morning. You want to hold him up so they can all see him? You noticed I said little Cohen. <laughs> Stephen and Courtney, would you face me, please? In, in, as we go through this just now, I want to say something. Please understand that we do these things, and sometimes I think we just think of them as like ceremonial things, they're cute, and they're all this, but we're going to make some commitments to the Lord here in a moment, and the Lord is watching, and so pay attention. <laughs> Stephen and Courtney, you need to realize that your children and Cohen already belong to the Lord. I know you know that. He has entrusted... Cohen to your care with the responsibility of raising him in the ways of, the, of, of, of our Creator, our Lord. People have a tendency to refer to what we are going to do in a moment as a baby dedication, but we call it a parent-child dedication because this is much more about you than it is about Cohen. It is about him for sure, but it is more about you. 
Certainly Cohen will not remember this moment. John says that every time he does a baby dedication, he won't remember this moment. And I would encourage you, like John would if he was here, to speak to both Cohen and Destry often about the fact that you committed them to the Lord in front of your family. In this, you follow the example of so many more that have come before you. Um, even in the Bible, obviously, there are two very significant situations where parent-child dedications were done. Hannah and Elkanah dedicated Samuel. Mary and Joseph dedicated Jesus. Today, as you dedicate your child to, the God, to God, you dedicate yourself. Now, hear this. You dedicate yourself to maintaining a home where Jesus Christ is honored and God's Word is revered. Children need a lot. They need their church family, but the thing they need most is for their parents to honor the Lord in the way they live their lives. We also recognize our responsibility as a family of God to assist you whenever we can that your child might grow as Jesus did in wisdom and stature and find favor with God and with men. With that said, I am now going to ask you to respond to the following questions. Recognizing the responsibility of parenthood and of your dependence upon God for strength and wisdom to fulfill your duties as parents, do you now present Cohen in dedication to God and promise to strive to teach, set an example, in partnership with God's church to train him in love towards God and in the knowledge of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord? If so, say we do. Having dedicated your children to God, do you also promise to set yourself apart to Christ and to always strive to live in such a way that you will inspire Christ's likeness in your home and in the rearing of your children? If so, say, we do. We do. I'm going to ask you to turn and face the, the congregation. We, the family of God, recognize our responsibility to provide a loving biblical community that supports and prays for your family. Grace Community Church is dedicated to helping train and raise your child and children to love and serve Jesus our Lord. I'm gonna ask you all to stand. Recognizing the responsibility as a member of the family of God. I say that again, recognizing the responsibility as a member of the family of God and of your personal dependence upon God for strength and wisdom, do you promise, I'm talking to you, the church, do you promise to strive to teach, to set an example as a member of the Lord's church and as much as, as, much as you are able to assist these parents to train their children in love towards God and in the knowledge of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. If so, say, we do. Let's pray together. You know, I'm going to ask, you have family here. There's just one of you. Let's have your family come up around you while I pray. All of you, come on up. It's a different day. We got a little bit lighter service. We don't typically do this, but I'm going to choose to do it today. Let's pray together. Father, we commend these parents and their children to you with great joy and thanksgiving. Father, we pray for and commend Stephen and Courtney to you as they parent Cohen and as they parent their home, their, their children.
We ask, Lord, that you would give them strength, wisdom, and guidance to raise up, train, nurture, and inspire their children in your will and in your ways. We ask, Lord, that you would give them wisdom, protect them from the wiles of the evil ones that would strive to draw their children away from you to the ways of the world. For Cohen, Lord, we pray that when the time comes that he has the cognitive ability to understand who you are, that you would call him to yourself and that he would confess you as Lord and live for you. Lord, we dedicate this family to you and to your care now and pray that you will use them to extend your kingdom into this world that is in such need of a Savior. And it is in Jesus Christ's name that we pray and all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Thank you. Hey, hey, it is that time of the year, time when we make resolutions. You're asking, what is my resolutions? Like, I need some, right? Well, good thing you asked. Well, first of all, I'm only going to drink Pepsi with real sugar. I'm only going to eat pizza with real mozzarella. And I'm only going to only use the true phone called an iPhone. I hope your resolutions are actually a little bit better than mine. I hope you got some spiritual resolutions for 2018. But we've created some electives that will help you to grow in your faith, to engage the world for Christ. And I'd like you to go to our website. Uh, you can go there at www.gccbicelia.org. Look under Adult Ministries, and there you'll see the electives we're offering. Other great electives to help you to complete your goals for 2018 and making it a great year for Christ. Well, good morning, church. Good to see you again this morning. Uh, as Tim has already mentioned, and uh, it's definitely worth saying, is that uh, this morning, this is, is not a, a chance for you, the congregation, to just be the, the passive audience, um, but that we are are an active participant of, of all that's going on here. And this morning, we have an opportunity to um, observe, or to, to be see and be part of the, the baptisms that are going on. And uh, we had a baptism uh, earlier in the first service, Crystal Birchnell. In this service, we have the uh, great opportunity to see PJ Yebisu get baptized. Um, and so, PJ, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you came to know Christ? Um, I actually came to know Christ here. I've been actually coming to this church uh, most of my life since preschool almost. Mm -hmm. And I've uh, also been taught a lot by my family and friends. Mm -hmm. awesome. And why do you want to be baptized this morning? Um, I was encouraged by my friends that I met at college that I should proclaim my faith so that I can become a better Christian and I can become a better example for the, what I want to do in life. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. All right. Grab it, rest. All right, well, PJ, you have given your life to Jesus Christ? Yes. And is it your commitment and desire to follow him and to serve him all of the days of your life, no matter what comes your way? Yes. All right, well, PJ, upon this your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, 
Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority on heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God bless you this morning. Let's continue to worship the Lord now.
pray together. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for moments like this that we can come into your house as the body of Christ and just, and just worship you. Just enjoy spending time with you. Enjoy your presence, God. We know that you are in this place. You are active in this place and in our hearts right now, God. Lord, you are the reason for this celebration Sunday. You are the reason that we celebrate for the good work that you are doing, the good work that you have done in the past and the good work that you are doing now, God. We celebrate that you came as a man and that you died so that we might have life, so that we might live forever with you and eternity with you. And all that we have to do is just, is just believe. It's just have faith in you, God, and you, you tell us that we will live with you in paradise. And we thank you for that. We praise you for that. We also celebrate just the, the amazing work that you are doing here at Grace Community Church in the hearts and lives of the people here, God. We pray for each one of the ministries, Lord, the children's ministries, the youth ministries, young adults ministries, men's, women's, men's ministry and women's ministry, God, that you will continue to do a great work we pray for the upcoming um, youth camps, the junior high camp, high school camp, and satellite winter weekend away, God. I just pray that you um, do just some amazing things in the hearts um, of the youth and the young adults there, and that they just leave those camps just on fire for you and just wanting to, to go out and spread the good news of Jesus with the unsaved. Father, we pray for the, for the many people affected by uh, wildfires, God, and by various other um, natural disasters, God, that you will just be with them, take care of them through this hard time going into this new year, um, be their strength and be their comfort. Lord, and the people going through hard times here in this church, be their strength, be their comfort, be their everything, God in those hard moments. And as we go into a time of giving our tithes and offerings, we pray that our offerings to you will, will glorify you and further your kingdom, God. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. <coughs>
child of God. Proclaim that publicly this morning. Hello everyone, my name's Mike McEwen. This is my wife Shonda. Uh, Shonda was supposed to have half of this story today, but she went around and touched every door handle in Visalia and lost her voice, so now I have to do it all. I think, that's, think she did that on purpose. We, we also have a 15-year-old son. Uh, he, his name is Grayson. I don't think he's in the room right now. Um, and we have a, a daughter and son-in-law and grandson that live in Detroit, Michigan. We moved here from Arkansas about six months ago. And uh, my employer came to us and said, hey, y'all have got uh, really two choices. We, we would like for y'all to either go to North Carolina or to Arkansas. And we immediately started praying. Uh, to California, sorry. We immediately started praying. Um, you know, we're, we're willing to do God's work. We're willing to go where God wants us to. Uh, but we want to make sure that God is in this move if, if we're going to move. So fast forward, April, we're coming to Fresno, California. And so we came out uh, and, and we started looking around. Where are we going to live? Uh, my, my job is in Fresno. And so that was initially where we were going to live. We were set up with a real estate agent there. We went around the north side of Fresno, Clovis. Just didn't feel right. Um, and so we, we, we dumped our real estate agent. We went north and, and started touring some of the smaller towns. Ended the first day at Shaver Lake. Uh, the second day, we, we came down the east side of Fresno. We got to Visalia a little before noon that day. Had lunch here. Ended up staying the afternoon here had supper here, went downtown, visited with lots of different people. It was home. It was home. Um, we had intentions of going out to Hanford and going up the, the west side of Fresno. We never did that. We decided Visalia would be home. Fast forward again, May, end of May. I came out here to start the job. Grayson and Shonda stayed back uh, in Arkansas. They had a mission trip that they were going on for the month of June. Uh, so I came out here by myself and staying in a hotel up in Fresno and I'd come down here on the weekends and um, start going through open houses and looking around for houses, getting to know the area. <clears throat> Excuse me. So one of the first Saturdays I was down here going through open houses, uh, went through this house and um, the house was okay, but I had gone outside. There was an RV pad out there. I was looking at the RV pad and I was looking at that gate thinking, you know, I don't think I can back my trailer in that. Um, I think I'll tear down the fence. The neighbor came out and was milling around his yard, and I said, hey, if I back my trailer in here and knock down your fence, you're going to be mad? <laughs> he said, buy the house, and we'll worry about it then. 
That neighbor was Greg Scroggins. Um, and Greg invited us to church. And so the next day, uh, we ended up standing there talking for a long time that day. Uh, Greg's not a hard guy to talk to. And uh, came to church the next day, went to, after the first service, went over to the youth building and, and found Greg. And he introduced me to Stephen Elliott and uh, told Stephen about Grayson. And Stephen said, well, can I send Grayson an email? And I said, sure. So gave him the email address, and he sent Grayson an email. And from that first email, Grayson, even though he had never been here, didn't even know what it looked like, didn't even know Stephen, he felt welcome and started feeling connected with Grace. We are truly blessed with a great youth pastor, y'all. Very gifted guy. Uh, glad, glad to have him. Um, so fast forward again. Uh, first of July, Shonda and Grayson came out, and we came the first Sunday we were here as a family. We came to church. Um, we tried to be invisible. And the next Sunday, we came back again, and Grayson decided that Sunday that he wanted to go to beach camp. And um, so the next week was beach camp. He went to beach camp. He really got connected with the kids, with the, with the youth leaders. And from that, we decided to make Grace our home church. Um, coming around to um, a after we got moved in and, and started living here uh, we came to church one Sunday morning and there was an ad in the church bulletin for church secretary Shonda had started talking about um, going back to work even before we started talking about moving uh, with Grayson getting older and stuff. And so uh, I showed her that ad and I said, hey, here's your job. God's been holding this thing for you until we got here and got settled. And, and so she told me to shut up, Mike, I'll mind your own business. And the next Sunday, the ad was still in the, in the paper. And so I pointed it out to her again. Well, the next Sunday, it was not in the bulletin. And so she pointed that out to me and said, look, they filled it. Well, the next Sunday, it was in there again. And so I pointed that out to her again. And the, the, that very next Monday, our small group, uh, by the way, Tim Allen and Stephen Elliott are part of our small group. Y'all pray for our group. Um, <clears throat> Tim, Tim requested prayer for, for filling that position. And, and as he was doing that, I was going. So after the meeting, Tim came over and talked to Shonda. She applied the next day and our new church secretary. <laughs> so y'all, all of this to say, we, we prayed earnestly for, to, to, to get connected, to be in a position where we could do God's work, for Grayson to be connected, for Grayson to have good Christian friends, uh, for Grayson to have good spiritual leadership. And God has provided all of that and a lot more. Prayer works, but you've got to listen. You've got to listen. Pray, listen, and be willing to move. Be willing to do God's work. Sometimes you'll have to move literally, but be willing. Thanks.
Is it on? Well, good morning. 
My name is Michael Lopes. I have the privilege, privilege of serving on the pastoral staff here, uh, overseeing men's ministry, electives, ABFs, um, and a variety of other ministries. Um, I'm here with this fine couple this morning. But before we get into our interview, uh, just a quick note. Some of you are probably wondering, uh, Michael, where have you been at recently? I haven't seen you for a while. Just a quick note, um, I've spent the last five months at In Shape, 24 hours, seven days a week, (laughs) watching TV. (laughs) Now, truth is, about five months ago, I had surgery, a simple elective surgery. It went well. Recovery was supposed to be simple. It has not. Thus, that's kept me out of some of our services recently. So that's where I've been at. Um, just want to give you an update. And thanks for those who've been praying for me and my family. And um, healing still going on. So continued prayers are appreciated. Well, this is Tom and Bonnie Lewis. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Why don't you guys tell us a little bit, a little bit about yourself, um, about your family, how long you've been married. Tell us about your kids. And then tell us a little bit about your faith, how long you've been walking with the Lord, how long you've been at Grace, how you got here. Well, we were talking last night, Bonnie and I have known each other close to 40 years. Uh, We started going to high school together. Uh, We were reminiscing last night about the actual day that we met. We were both working in an ag building, and we were both involved in agriculture, very heavy. That's what got us through high school. And from there, the relationship grew until year after we graduated and we were married in 1981. So I think it's 36 years. 36, gonna be 37. (laughs) And so we have uh, two boys that are 32 and 31. 30. (laughs) I I can't even tell the birth date, so I leave that stuff up to her. Then also we have two very beautiful daughters that are 19 and 16. And they both attend here at church with us. The two boys live out of the area. One lives in Oklahoma and is a paramedic, and the other one lives in Portola, which is above Truckee, and he works for the state of California. And we have five beautiful grandchildren. And they are absolutely gorgeous. We miss them very much because they've been away from us, and we're a close family that's always been together. And when they made the decision to move away from us, that was hard for us because We could find everything wrong with it, but once they've moved, everything's been right, and God has blessed them so much. And God has been with us through that experience because we've we've grown just unbelievable since that time has happened. We have put so much to God and laid it in front of him, and he's returned it in so much that we get to spend time with him. And we've been a part of this church for, it'll be eight years in August. We were living in the mountains, and we felt it was time to move down. He, he'd, got, we'd, he'd been hurt, and he was on disability, so we were, it was time for change, and so we moved down the hill. We drove into the parking lot one night, and it had the Awana signs. Our girls were young, so we drove into the parking lot. And that's and that's, that's it. We drove into the parking lot, and, and we we've leave. been here ever since. And so. The family here is just awesome. The church staff is just, I can't even say how much we appreciate what, how much they're here for us whenever we need something or when we are in need of prayer, we can call our small group. Uh, A real plug is if you're not in a small group, get in a small group. They are so much strength and so much 
when things are going on that you can turn to them at any time. It's just awesome. Art, we're in April in Joseph Holt's group, and we have, it's wonderful, they're wonderful family. In the past six months, you got, you've gone through quite a bit in your family, haven't you, Tom? Yes, in the last six months, I've had two, uh, a brother and a sister, both have gone to heaven. Uh, my brother was four, four months ago. Uh, he had a long battle with cancer, and he had a little bit of trouble uh, accepting what God had dealt him. So I tried to help him through it, and I just didn't have the knowledge or the strength. And the Lord wasn't, that it just wasn't in the Lord's plan. The Lord does everything for us, and we have to lay it before God and let him take care of it. And in my brother's case, uh, I was here in church, and I was praying for guidance and a door to open. And the door sitting right here. Michael stepped up and went and talked to my brother and from one day, from a Saturday to a Sunday, my brother was a total different person with acceptance after Michael had spoke to him. He opened his heart. He was accepting of what was going to happen. He was accepting for his family. And the whole light came on, and the difference in his attitude and up until his passing was just absolutely fantastic. He laid it at God's feet, and God took care of him. My sister was just at Christmas, uh, the day after Christmas, my sister, my sissy, she was taken with a heart attack the week before, and it was unexpected, and there was some severe damage, but she was alert and awake, and that was the, that was the best part. We could still talk. And the last day that I got to spend with her, uh, we're from an old family that listened to nothing but country gospel. And so I went to Cuya Delta, and I pulled up iPhone, and I was able to pull up country gospel, and her and I sat for oh, about four hours and did nothing but listen to country gospel. And we were to leave on vacation, and we were going to stay, and she said, absolutely not. You need to go see those grandbabies. So we went and seen, and while we were away, she passed. But while she was here, I absolutely cannot believe the amount of people that she touched. She was a stay-home person that never, never went out. But the amount of hearts that she touched and the amount of people that she blessed pours through the door every day, and there's still people coming over. It's just a blessing to know how she laid it before God's hands. She had to make the decision if she was going to go on to heaven or not, and she told the doctors, I've got something 10 times better waiting for me, so there's no reason to stay here and wait. I have family here, and as soon as I can see them. And that's the way it worked out. She's seen her family. They came from Montana. She got to see grandbabies that she hadn't got to see in a long time. And one day, at about 10 o'clock at night, she went to be with the Lord. You said something with your brother Jack. You said that morning you came up to talk to me. You said... You said, laying it at the Lord's feet. That's the Lewis version of, of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. and Absolutely. Not you, have, you have, that has really cemented in your life over the years, hasn't it? How has that played itself out when it, when it comes? Tell me about your, uh, um, your accident. Uh, in 2010, uh, was a very uh, severe accident. 2010, June uh, 17th at 5.13. Uh, Bonnie and I and the girls, our two girls at the time, were uh, junior high, and 12. we lived up in the mountains, and we had headed home from here, 
uh, in Visalia, had bought a brand new office chair for Father's Day. It was right before Father's Day. Uh, I come to a crossroad. This way was, and it was a little crossroad. I could go this way, make it home 20 minutes faster, or I could go this way 20 minutes slower. Uh, I was impatient, always have been. I wanted to go the fast way. Five minutes later, we were in a collision. A gentleman ran a stop sign, fell asleep, doing 70 miles an hour. The car flipped over. It was a brand new Malibu, and the, 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 one of the things in this story is we had just bought that car. For our, our, I bought it for her for her anniversary. The car had complete wraparound airbags on both passenger and the driver's side. Uh, we had drove a Ford Focus that was a little tiny beer can. If we had been hit in that Ford Focus, we would not be here today is my feeling. But because she was next to the airbags, they completely cushioned her. Her seat went from a normal car seat to less than a foot wide where she was sitting. We flipped over in the middle of the road, uh, skidded down the highway about 100 feet, hit a power pole, and then spun around the power pole and went upside down in a ditch, and we were pinned inside. Uh, there was a... It was a Wood Lake police officer and another gentleman that come by. They witnessed the whole thing. They literally ripped the back door off of the car. They had the door ripped off before the fire department could get there and pulled the girls out. The seat belt had wrapped around Bonnie's neck, so she couldn't get out. She couldn't breathe. I, the peace of God came over me like never before. I hung there upside down. I looked over at Bonnie, and I seen what was going on, and I always carry a knife. And I grabbed the knife, and I reached up and cut the seat belt. She fell down inside the car. We had no room. She was going to crawl out of a six-inch window. I told her that it was virtually impossible. Just wait. And Bonnie, the guys that had ripped the back door off the car, tore the back seat off of my side and got Bonnie and the girls out. And there, at that same time, there was a church group going up to Heartland. Yes, there was a and church van of 15 headed to Heartland. They took our girls, and they, I mean, we, had, we didn't know them by Adam, but... But I mean, God's faith, God, from the minute, if I would have turned left, the accident wouldn't have happened. But if I'd have turned left, then there wouldn't have been so much other. The church family that was there, the people from... God just set it all in motion. And one of the things that come out of this accident that is really, our girls are adopted. And through adoption, one of the hardest things is for kids to come into that family and accept that family. Now, Anna accepted the family very easy because she was very young, but Jenna had been passed around from foster home to foster home. So she had a hard time relating to our family. And we loved them dearly, but she just could not turn loose that someday she was going to be kicked out of the family, that someday we would give her up like so many others had done. And through this accident, she realized how much we loved her and how much she actually loved us. So the accident was a tragic incident that we all lived through, that God guided us through, but it brought us 100% closer to Jenna and Jenna closer to us. And it goes back to like Michael says, we have to lay everything at God's feet. We have to put it 
at his hands and let him have control of it. And one of the things for me here lately, it seems, no matter how small, we think, oh, I can handle this one by myself. We can't handle it. Just turn it over to God and give it to him and let him take care of it. And I guarantee he's going to take care of us all. Well, you have a lot more stories you could tell, and yes. time does not allow us to do that. But we would just say God is good, isn't he? Absolutely. He is wonderful. And just, yeah, he's All great. the time. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, good morning again. Um, I should say, um, I didn't say it in the first service, but I'm Pastor Tim. I'm the executive pastor. Pastor John is away today. He was at a funeral yesterday, and so um, I'm um, here doing what he would typically do on, on this day. As we prepare to take communion, um, I want to say a, a little something before we do that. And, you know, it's 2018. Can you believe it? It's just crazy how fast time goes by. And there's something about New Year's, the New Year's holiday. It seems to me like it's a time where we have a tendency to reflect more than normal. Maybe, I don't know if that's totally true or not, but it seems that way to me. We have a tendency to think about what, what was behind and what will be ahead of us. And um, in 2018, what will be ahead of us. I, I, I notice every year, and I'm sure you notice this as well, I hear a lot about resolutions. We've heard about it here this morning. I, I, I don't know if resolutions are right, wrong, or otherwise. I guess there's nothing wrong with them. But I catch myself thinking that, that resolutions as believers, a, a resolution is something we ought to do every day when we open our eyes. We ought to resolve to follow the Lord and to honor Him and all that would come our way on that particular day. Because we are believers. We are told to live our lives um, every day for the Lord. Michael quoted Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your paths straight. So I don't know that New Year's is anything special. It ought to be something that happens each and every day. What will 2018 bring? I cannot tell you, nor do you know for sure. Last year, I, I found it very odd and wonderful. Um, last year during the 2017 Celebration Sunday, I was not married. I'm married this year. I would have never imagined that in a year. We went through Christmas and Thanksgiving together, and it was just interesting as I was, as we were going through those holidays, I thought, I didn't even know Vivian last year. By the way, she's right here. She's here for good now. We moved her down, and um, so I'm grateful, to, I'm grateful to have her, but really, in one year, who would have known? Yesterday was Britain niece's memorial. Um, some of you may not know Britton, but um, she is the wife of uh, Jason Neese, who used to be on our pastoral staff. And um, a, a year ago, she shared at our Christmas, our women's Christmas dinner. And now this year, she's with the Lord. Some of you in 2017 lost loved ones, 
that you maybe didn't know you were going to lose, and I guess I shouldn't say we lost them because they're with the Lord. We know where they're at, but you just never know what's going to come your way. It could be a wonderful thing, like you get married, or it could be a tragedy, like a loss of a loved one, something like that, a death. Who knows? But this we know for sure. Whether they are good times or bad times, and you will have bad times, because you cannot live in a world infected by sin and not have struggles. You will go through struggles. You will have blessings. You will have struggles. But one thing is for sure. You don't have to go in through any of those by yourself. You go through them with the Lord, because the Lord is always there. We, have, we sung about that this morning. And as we prepare to take communion today, There is so much in the symbolism of communion, certainly the symbolism of the fact that Jesus Christ died on, his body was broken, he died on the cross for our sins, his blood was shed for us that we might be saved, certainly that is um, in that symbolism. But also in that symbolism is the fact that we live this life with the Lord and with one another. I wanna tell you that this morning as we take communion, You do not have to be a member of Grace Community Church to take communion with us. You just need to be a member of the body of Christ. If you are a believer, you are welcome to take communion with us. On this day, I'm gonna give us the opportunity to do something that we don't often get the chance to do, and that is I'm gonna let us have a time of silence before we take of the bread and the cup, and I'm gonna let us have a time of silence for you to personally interact with your Lord You know that as we all pray silently, the Lord hears all those prayers. He knows all those prayers, and He responds to all those prayers. We'll give you the chance to do that here for a moment. We're going to have a time of silence, and you can pray to the Lord. You can ask Him. You can thank Him. You can, whatever you feel like you want to tell the Lord this morning, it's for you to do, and then I will lead us in communion. So let's pray. Amen. On the night he was betrayed, our Lord took bread, he broke it, and he said, this is my body which is broken for you.
I didn't know I would be married this year, but the Lord did. We didn't know that Brittanese was going to be with the Lord this year, but the Lord knew. We didn't know that Mike and Shonda McEwen were going to be a part of our fellowship, but the Lord knew. Even if death should come our way, we don't go through that alone because the Lord died on the cross for our sins. Take and eat and never forget that. Likewise, on that same evening, he took the cup and he said, this is my blood, which will be shed for you. for over 35 years, I never envisioned be leaving that home. I didn't know a year ago that I would sell that home this year. Vivian certainly didn't know that she would sell her home this year. And I, we certainly didn't, either one of us, know that she would move to Tulare and we would live two doors down from our daughter. It is likely that some in this room could possibly not be here next year. It's possible. Who knows what the year will bring? Both good and bad, you do not go through it alone because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Drink and never forget. Amen. You've already started, but I will tell you, you can pass your cups to the closest aisle, and the gentlemen that are coming up the aisle will collect them for you. I will remind you that at the end of the service, there will be men at the back of the uh, worship center with offering plates, and they will be taking the collection for our deacon's fund. and.
That is a voluntary thing that you give to, and we use those monies to help people who are in our church, who are struggling, and outside of our church who are struggling. So I would encourage you to give and give generously. You know, I fear that I fear that in the body of Christ, we are, we are losing the importance of the body of Christ. Um, we do not go through life alone. We go through the life with the Lord, but we also go through life together as a body of Christ, and it's very important. And in our church, we, um, we practice what is called formal membership, where we welcome people into our body, and we have one person to... Uh, receive the right hand of fellowship and be welcomed into our uh, church membership. So I'll ask her to come forward and her husband. I'll introduce them to you in just a moment. But um, I don't know. Did you know you were going to be married a year ago? No? Wow, the Lord did. I want to give you a little bit of an understanding of what the right hand of fellowship is. It comes out of Galatians chapter 2, verse 9, says this, James, Peter, and John, those reputed to be pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the Jews. The right hand illustrates so much. Um, when you shake someone's hand, it can be a welcome welcoming someone into your home or just welcoming them because you've met them for the first time. Shaking one's hand can carry with it this idea of agreement. In the church, it's the idea that we agree in our doctrine and our vision. The right hand can have this idea of commissioning people into service. It's an expression of love, and it is the final step in our membership process because it, it, it embodies all of that. We are going to, I'm going to introduce this couple to you, and I will give them the right hand of fellowship. Normally, I would stand up here. John would be down here doing communion. I would walk up here, and he would say, I feel this presence over the top of me <laughs> every, every, every month. And then he would give them the right hand of fellowship when I would introduce them. But this morning, since he is not here, I'm going to do both of that. I'll ask you to hold your applause for just a moment. And then I will, we will welcome them, and then I will pray, and then I will ask you to come to my right, your left, and welcome them into the fellowship as well. This is Latera Goswick. Welcome. Thank you. This, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Man, bunch of rebellious, bunch of rebellious people. This is Cody, who is a part of our fellowship already, and he's up here because they were recently married. You may now welcome LaTerra into our church. Would you stand? You know, you never know. The Lord is always working. I don't know that Mike said it in this service, but I know he said it in the previous service. Um, he is always working. You just got to be watching because he is always working, and who knows? But it is not a small thing that someone joins our church. It is not a small thing that someone gets baptized. It is not a small thing that a child is dedicated to the Lord. The testimony of believers is not a small thing, because it is all testimony of the fact that the Lord is working in our lives. 
Let me pray for us, and then I'll ask you to come up and welcome this couple. Thank you, Father, for this day. We are so grateful, Lord, that you are in our lives. How people navigate life without you is, we, we can't even comprehend, Lord. They are lost, and they need you. We're grateful that we, we know you. Um, Father, for Latera and for Cody, we pray for them. Who knows what you will do in their lives in this next year? We would pray as, as they are a part of this body that as long as they are here, you would use them. I pray especially for Latera that as she joins our church here this morning, Lord, that she would feel the love and encouragement of this church. I pray that you would guide them both as a couple uh, in your service. And I would even ask, Lord, that you might give them the privilege of being a part of what is one of the greatest things in the whole wide world, and that is to sit with someone as they declare their dependence on you and ask you to be Lord of their life. Maybe you might give them that blessing this year. Father, we pray for us as a church that you would help us to always be mindful of the fact that we live each and every day with the mandate to love you and honor you and to share with others about you, not just with our mouth, but with how we live our lives. And I would pray that you would help us to do that. And I pray this in Jesus Christ's name and all God's people said, please come up and welcome this couple.